Well, good evening, and thank you, Jesse, for them encouraging words. It fits in with right what I want to talk about. I want to talk about fear. What causes fear in your life, or do you have fear in your life? And as Jesse read there in Proverbs, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And if we go in that strong tower, it says the righteous, it's safe. We don't have fear if we're in that strong tower. So truly, truly by the word or by the name of Jesus, we can have that hope and encouragement and not have that fear in our lives. What kind of brought me to this, be a little vulnerable here, um, just the past week, two weeks or whatever, since Russia started invading Ukraine, I mean, you read all the headlines one after another, and I must admit it did strike fear into me. Is it going to start another <clears throat> world war? Are we going to be required to do like our grandfathers or maybe some of even our dads have to go into service somewhere in different parts of the country? Are we going to have to stand up for what we believe? Are we going to be tested for what we believe? You know, the Bible, in the Bible, fear not and be not afraid is mentioned 103 times in the King James Bible. And I think fear is mentioned or referred to over 500 times. And I'm not talking about like um, where it says like fear the, fear the Lord or fear God. But the actual being scared fear. Fear is a basic intense emotion caused by the detection of imminent threat involving an imminent or immediate alarm reaction. Fear differs from anxiety in that the former is considered an appropriate short-term response to a present, clear, identifiable threat, whereas the latter is a future-oriented, long-term response. So fear is not, in and of itself, is not wrong. But what do we do with our fear? Do we let the fear control us, or are we in control of that fear? Does our fear turn into anxiety and just keeps going from there on and on there is good fear and there's also bad fear I mean good fear keeps us away from danger from time to time it keeps us away from the poisonous snakes or whatever other dangers that are around us we have fear for things we know not to run into the fire So there is good fear, but there's also bad fear. Do we fear doing what we know is right, but we're scared of doing it? Or like we heard this morning, do we fear witnessing to other people? Or is our fear just simple lack of trust and faith on God's part? I have several different, yeah, I'll read these and see what you think the difference is here. 
Here's today's headlines on Fox News. Ukraine's plea to America and the Allies prompt lawmakers to issue World War III warning. U.S. must stand with Ukraine for long-term battle with Russia. Ukraine mom describes slaughter of innocents as Putin's bombs drop on civilians. And the national average, this might hit a closer, a little closer home, national average of gas prices soars to the highest level in over a decade. And if we simply focus on things like that, fear will overtake us. But what if we focus on other things or better things? Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 43.1 But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Hebrews 13.5 and 6 let your conversations be without, without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 2 Timothy 1 says, 1 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And let's turn to Matthew 10. Matthew 10, And he shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another, for verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And take note of these next couple verses. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without our father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. So God is saying here, he will take care of us. We don't have to fear. 
what's around us, or what's possibly even coming. He values the sparrows, and how much more will he even value us over them sparrows? I tried to come up with some examples in the Bible where people had fear in their lives, but they overcame that fear and did what God wanted them to do. And I came up with a couple. There's, I'm sure there's many, many more. But I thought of Moses. So let's turn to Exodus 3. I think we all know the story how <clears throat> Moses, how he killed the Egyptian. And... Yeah, people had seen him, and then, yeah, he ran off into the wilderness. And I'm not sure how long he was, from the time he had left the Israelite people until um, God talked to him around the burning bush. But in Exodus 3, go to verse 11 first. And here's where Moses had seen that burning bush, and he comes up on it, and God is asking him to go back to deliver the, his people out of Egypt. But of course Moses comes up with all these excuses. And yeah I think he had fear in his, in his heart to go back. And Moses said unto God. Who am I that I shall go unto Pharaoh. And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then in, there, in verse 13. And Moses said unto God. Behold when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them. The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And then God goes on to explain more of what to tell them. And then chapter 4, verse 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And then over there in verse 10, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto my servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. So I think he had a fear of the past, of what, what were they going to think of him, or were they going to accept him, or were they going to reject him? That's my challenge to you. Do we fear the past or do we fear being rejected and keep that from going and doing what God has called us to do? We can see Moses had that fear, I think, but he did not prevent that from doing what he did. And he became a very mighty man of God. He brought the children of Israel out of um, Egypt, out of um, captivity to where God wanted them. And then I also thought of David. Let's go to First Samuel, chapter seventeen.
in here, are we letting the fear of the task in front of us preventing us from doing what God wants, preventing us from victory that God wants to give us, but it's, we think it's so big, it's so huge that we can't do it. And here in chapter 17, starting at verse 32, it's where David's um, father had sent him down to the Israelite army where they were camping in front of, or with the... Um, Uh, Philistines, yes, couldn't get the word. With the Philistines, and they were in like in a stalemate. And David came up where Goliath, he would come out every day and defy the um, gods of Israel. And nobody was willing to go down and fight David. I mean, Goliath. But David came up and he seen this all. And then starting there in chapter, or verse 32 in chapter 17... And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion... And out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Then let's jump down to verse 49. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. You know, I don't know if David felt fear or not when he was standing there looking out across the valley at Goliath. But I know one thing. He was not focused on Goliath. He was focused on God and knew what God has done for him in the past. How he delivered him out of the lion and the bear. And he knew that God would deliver him once more out of Goliath. He didn't necessarily focus on the task at head, but he focused on God. He put his focus where it needs to be in the same way with us. If we do just focus on our fears, whatever they may be, we're probably going to fail. But if we keep our focus on God, we can get through it with God's help. Then also Esther. Turn to Esther 4. 
in here, do we let the fear of being put in a very difficult situation keep us from doing what we know is right? I think we know how this whole story begins, how Haman tried to kill Mordecai Mordecai and all the Jews. Let's just start verse four or chapter four, verse seven. And Mordecai told him of all that happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasury for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and to declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king, to make supplication unto him, and to make request before him for her people. And Hatak came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again Esther spake unto Hatak, and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king in the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. And just a quick note, I mean, Esther knew that the former queen was put out from the king for a lot less of a accusation than just coming in to the king unwelcome. And they told, and they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my handmaids will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. You know, I'm sure when Esther heard what Mordecai told her to do, it struck fear in her heart. Like, I can't do that. I could die. And she could have easily just sat there. I mean, she was safe. She didn't have to risk her life for her people's sake. But I think one of the most important things she did was there in um, verse 16. She did not fight this fight by herself. She said, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast eat for me, and neither eat nor drink three days or not, or night three days night or day. I also and my handmaids will fast likewise. So sometimes we need to gather people around us 
to fight our fear battles. Sometimes we need the support of other people to help us, like Esther. She didn't necessarily do it on her own. She had a, she had a community of people praying and fasting with her to, in order for her to face her fears. She didn't necessarily do it just on her own. So are we letting the fear of doing what we know is right keeping us from doing that? Let's also turn to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, starting at verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. I'm not exactly sure, yeah, when Daniel first heard that decree, what he thought, but I'm sure there was some, some fear in him, knowing what could happen to him if he was caught, continuing to pray to his God. But he didn't let the fear of discouragement or the fear of thinking he was the only one still being faithful to prevent him from being faithful. He kept doing what he knew what was right. He did not let the fear take control of him. In the same way with us, are we letting the fear of discouragement or thinking we're the only one doing right, is that preventing us from doing right? Is it preventing us from blessing other people? And I thought of the disciples there in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. And the disciples are the... Um, Soldiers all came to take Jesus. They all scattered in fear. They were scared for their lives. But later they came back and preached Jesus. And a lot of them ultimately gave their lives for Jesus. So they did not let that initial fear 
rule their lives. And we can have the power of God in our lives with the help of the Holy Spirit to overcome our fears, whatever it is. I mean, there's many things we can be scared of, fearful of. But God is in control, always has been, always will be. We do not have to fear. But what do all these people have in common that we read about? For one, they didn't let their fear control what they did. They all focus on God rather than their fears. But how could they do that? How could they focus on God and not necessarily the fear in front of them? It's because each one of them had a relationship with God before that trial came. And kind of like Terrell was saying in his message this morning, like, are we studying the word? Are we looking into it? Because if we read the Bible more than the newspaper or the headlines, if we keep our focus on the Bible and on Jesus Christ, we won't have to live in fear of what's ahead of us. So let's all be filled with that Holy Spirit so we don't have to, so fear doesn't rule our lives and that we can show other people and be witnesses to other people and not live in fear. I just want to leave you with this verse, Isaiah 41.10 again. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So we do not have to fear, because God is in control, and he always will be.